Hello everyone, welcome to the Serpent Cast. I am Annabelle Gatt. I'm Sophie St. Thomas. And we are back this week for Sophie Gets a Nose Job Round 2. Yay! Yay! But before we dive into that, um, we do want to let everyone know that we have a new column over at astrology.com. It's actually What's Sophie's that? column, but. So, call. Yes. Huh. So Sophie huh. has a new column there, but she's representing the Serpent Cast. Yes. And it is a, as of right now, monthly. Column, a spell column. It's a spell column. So it revolves around um, one of the lunations. This month it was on the new moon in Libra. That's right, new moon in Libra, and it included a spell, right? Yes, it included a spell. Um, but yes, it's a full no, excuse me, new moon in Libra, love on crossing spell, and its purpose is just to like get rid of any nasty lingering people or even thoughts or bad vibes that might be holding you back from living the best love. But you have to go visit, visit yeah, astrology. Yeah, we're not, gonna, we're not yeah. just going to give it away. You have no, to go you have it. to go visit astrology.com and find it. So one thing that's really worth mentioning about the new moon in Libra that we just had was is, is that Libra is a sign that's ruled by Venus and Venus is currently retrograde. So the Venus retrograde energy is, was extremely heavy with this new moon, and it continues to be very heavy this week. So we really want to share another spell with you all, in addition to the one that you all should find on astrology.com. And it's from... Really quick, if you want to learn more about that, I highly recommend checking out the latest episode of Annabelle's astrology podcast, because she tells you. you all you need to know. But this book is called Protection Spells. It is by Erin Murphy Hiscock, author of The Green Witch, published by Simon & Schuster. It is called Protection Spells, Clear Negative Energy, Banish Unhealthy Influences, and Embrace Your Power. And I picked one that is fairly straightforward, so like most of you will have all the supplies needed and you could even do it as soon as you stop listening to this podcast but this is a general emotional negativity defense and I'm just going to read straight from the book but very easy to do sort of like the spell I created for astrology.com it's just you know it's much easier to move forward and have a really hot and sexy and fulfilling love life if you don't have any nasty ghosties of the past lingering around. So this spell will help you deal with that. General emotional negativity defense. This is a very simple spell that can be performed daily. It absorbs the emotional negativity around you and reduces the amount that gets past it to affect you. What you need. White cotton thread or lightweight yarn. Scissors. Heat proof dish matches or lighter oh my nose hurts when i talk too much do you want me to read the rest of it yes please annabelle's been my mommy it's been a pleasure to take care of you so once again you will need white cotton thread or lightweight yarn scissors a heat proof dish matches or lighter and here's what you do step number one is ground and center and I really want to talk about grounding and centering for a second, because what most people do when they ground and center is they actually dissociate instead of ground and center. 
That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So next time you all at home ground and center, ask yourself if you are making a special fucking effort to check out (laughs) or if you're actually grounding into your body. So quick, can I ask you a question? If someone is, you know, new to meditation, how can you tell, like, tell the difference? It takes a while to figure out what that means for For you. It really does. And you will, you will know that it's the right thing when you find it, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. It's like, it's like figuring out what, who you like to kiss. You got to kiss a few people to figure out what kind of kisses you like. You know what I mean? No, I I remember being, when I first got into meditation years ago, basically when I first moved to New York and, you know, it was all just like. I felt like I was so concentrated on just no thoughts in your head that I just was like, okay, I'll go hide in this corner, you know? Yeah. But whereas now it's, I think, I think I've found it. I, I always have work to do, but continue. When you're grounding and centering, um, something I like to do is ask myself where I'm feeling pain. That's important. Oh, mind, body. Yeah, because the thing is, we it's not like major pain, but like, you know, is my like toe kind of sore? Yeah. You know, does my wrist sort of hurt? Like, do, do my eyes feel strained? Because I can kind of zero into those places and give them some love and some warmth and some positivity. And that actually helps me feel really grounded. So that's something I do sometimes if I'm having a hard time. And just like, for instance, I carry my hurt in my chest. Mm-hmm. And I know other people, when they get upset, maybe it's more of, like, a stomach thing. I just feel like, in general, that's a good skill to pick up on, to become phys- to become aware of how... Interoception, feel- yes. Ooh, you just said a fancy word. Yeah, I actually have no idea if that's what interoception means. I should, make- I should look it up. <laughs> I think it does. I think interoception means um, when you have this, like, perception, this awareness of your body and what's going on within your body. Which is important. It is important, but then, like anything, if you're too aware of your body, that can also be anxiety-inducing. Oh so God. it's like this weird balance we have to do throughout life where we're supposed to sometimes be in flow and not even really notice what's going on in our body, but then yeah. it's also important to ground and get back in and just keep going back and forth. Okay, so interoception is a lesser-known sense. This is from, I just Googled it, and the first definition that came up is from understood.org, uh, it says, interoception is a lesser-known sense that helps you understand and feel what's going on inside your body. Um, kids who struggle with the interoceptive sense may have trouble knowing when they feel hungry, full, hot, cold, or thirsty. Um, here's a good example. Right now, my foot is falling asleep, but I, for some reason, have this hard time listening to my body. I, If I didn't just read that definition of interoception... Oh, wow. I probably would have kept sitting this way even though my foot's fallen asleep just because I check out on my body so easily. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, going back to the spell. Yeah, read the spell. I won't interrupt you anymore. Oh, I interrupted myself. Okay. So we... we okay. So first you got to ground and center. Then step number two is to cut a length of the cotton yarn about 10 inches long. Tie it into a loop and, slit, and slip it over your wrist. Step number three is, say, white cotton, absorb the general negativity around me so that my emotional balance remains unaffected. Then step four is to wear the loop bracelet all day. At night, slip it off and coil it in a heat-proof dish. Say, thank you for protecting my emotional well-being. Light it and let it it in the emotional negativity um, it has collected burn away. And then the tip is you can use thread for this instead of a lightweight yarn. Just make sure it's pure cotton so it will burn properly. I think fire is a very helpful um, 
element that we're not really able to work with very often because in our day to day lives, like we're not burning yeah. campfires like you, we did millennia ago. We love candle magic. We love candle there. magic. I think anytime you can bring fire into your life, it's really purifying. I'm with Annabelle's encouragement. Did a big. I went on it. I realized I needed more fire energy. And it has really helped my life. And that can mean as simple, like, I've been working with color magic, like, wearing more oranges and reds, or sometimes I just stick my head out in the sun, which, as someone who works from home and is a goth, some the idea terrifies me a bit, but... But it's important. It's important. The sun is very healing. Yes. So, before we move on, I do want to mention that uh, one of our Instagram friends uh, commented... On a post saying, are breakups more likely during or after Venus retrograde? The truth is both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reason is different. If you're breaking up over Venus during a Venus retrograde, it's probably a breakup that's been a really long time coming that can finally take place. Why is that? Because whenever there's a retrograde, we do the things we haven't done yet that we were meant to. Mm-hmm. And if it happens after the retrograde, it's more than likely not something that's been building up over a huge length of time. Or it's just simply not part of the retrograde story. You have to remember that Venus retrogrades are all connected to the previous retrogrades. So uh-huh. this Venus retrograde story in Scorpio calls back to autumn 2010. That's when I moved to New York City. Calls back to autumn 2002. Calls back to autumn 1994. Like, they're all connected. They're this giant string, like, basically through time. So if you're breaking up with someone during this Venus retrograde in Scorpio slash Libra, it's connected to that story for you somehow on a metaphysical level. And if you're breaking up with them before or after this retrograde, then it has to do with another astrological um, timeline or storyline. But now I do want to transition into talking about your nose. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to all of the amazing people who are supporting us on Patreon. We love you so much. We love you so much. You're You're, part of our coven. You are the reason why every week, even if one of us just had a nose job, we're still like, (laughs) we got a colonoscopy or a colonoscopy. We're like, we got to get up and we have to do this Tuesday morning. They're expecting this. It's got to be up there. So I just want to give a really big shout out to our new Patreon patrons. We want to give a big shout out to Raquel, to Eli, and to Pilahi. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love you. You're part of our coven. You're part of our coven. So if you want to support us, please head over to www.patreon.com slash the serpent cast. And now, so Sophie, we have a new guest on our show. Is it, is it me with my new nose? Yes. Or is it just my new nose? It's your new nose. And you know what question we have to ask all first time interviewers, right? Interviewees. So So what's your new nose's sign and Hogwarts house? Well, it was born on 1010. So your new nose is a Libra. Very beautiful. Very symmetrical. Very charming. Beautiful to look at in the mirror. Libra. Balanced. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's a Libra. You know, I think it's a Gryffindor. Interesting. Despite other people's opinion about plastic surgery, it, I think it was a very big, brave decision. It was very brave. To go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I think it was very honest of me, which I believe sounds like a Gryffindor trait. One, I've been very, very transparent about it, um, which was important to me from the get-go because if you've been following my Instagram stories... 
or listened to the last episode, you heard some of this, but, you know, I, I, I really believe that people can do what they want with their bodies, you know, from dressing modest to dressing as slutty as you want to all natural to as much plastic surgery as you like. I, I want, I really believe in that freedom and, and that choice. And I've wanted a nose job since I broke it in high school, which is why Annabelle taught me that I got the little Venus retrograde loophole. <laughs> yeah, because normally you shouldn't go to the salon or, or do cosmetic things during Venus retrograde, but this is the loophole, is that you're correcting something from the past. Yeah, and yeah. Um, but I've been honest and documenting the whole thing because I don't think, like, if I... I I get why a mom would see a celebrity with tons of plastic surgery and look at their their little daughters like, how come I don't look like that? Like, unrealistic beauty standards are real, but I think by being honest about it, we can help fix that. And of course, there's like massive degrees of privilege, you know, being able to afford it. And, um, you know, I had the luxury of living in New York and, and writing about beauty, so I was already in touch with my amazing surgeon, who I can't recommend enough, um, Dr. Dara Leota. But I, I always think it was brave of me to do it, and I think I've been very honest about it, and me and Annabelle have kind of been joking that I don't know if it's like, okay, so after surgery, obviously your body just went through something, so I've been a little out of it. I've also been on Percocet, which always, I actually, like, for someone who definitely does like experimenting with different um, substances, I, I'm not an opiates fan. Like I've never, whenever I've been prescribed them in the past for a broken bone or something, like it's never been something that's really, thankfully, because of the, I know it can be problematic for a lot of people, but I don't know. They make me, they make my stomach hurt. They make me a little sad, but they also make me kind of bitchy. Yeah. Your personality has changed. My personality has changed, but I could, and I don't mean like I'm sitting here talking shit about people, but I'm like, have been standing up for myself a lot. Your boundaries are fantastic. Yeah. I've been like really setting boundaries, like in personal relationships or work. If I like can't do something, I'm like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> yes, this and and that's something that I have struggled with in the past is setting personal boundaries, and I think that has led to things like me staying in relationships long after there's been signs that it's unhealthy for me. But like bitchy nose job, Percocet Sophie would never. Mm-hmm. She's like a no, no. <laughs> so one of our um, Instagram friends commented on a, a recent photo and asked, uh, "Being this far into recovery now, would you recommend rhinoplasty to others?" Well, to start, I'm not that far into recovery at all. I got it done. We're recording on a Monday night. You'll all listen to this on. It'll air on a Tuesday. So less than a week after the procedure and the first week is like, I'm probably not even supposed to be recording this podcast, to be honest, you know, it's, it's all, I still have my cast on week one is nothing, but you're take your pain meds, lie on the couch, watch TV, rest. 
and I can still feel my body rest. I've been kind of bending the rules because I'm a workaholic, but also I'm a writer. I write from home. So, you know, working for me post-surgery with a cast on my face is much easier than if I had to do a commute and go into an office and get dressed. But two weeks, according to my doctor, is when you should go out or like are able to like or is like the time when it's like when I was like when can I go out and be in public and like not look like I just had surgery because right now even though I'm healing very well I my face is swollen there's bruising so apparently in like two weeks is when you like don't look like a a, a monster you know <laughs> um I mean and then after one month you see 85% results. And I think in one month, like if I go to a party, you know, people will, uh, it'll look close enough to the end result that people will be like, oh my God, your nose looks great. Or like, you know, like I'll be able to have like pretty realistic before and after photos, but it actually takes a year to get to 100% rhinoplasty. It's a long recovery. Um, so I'm super new into it. Speaking personally, while I I have pain and I'm tired, I am so good emotionally and mentally and I have to, Percocet also makes me emo. My friends, especially Annabelle, like have been such an amazing support system. I keep joking about this but like if anything like like the first day I definitely like bled a lot more than I was supposed to just because I was smiling so much um from my friend Meredith picking me up um to I mean Annabelle is like my person she's like my husband she's been here she's been hanging out with me she's been giving me soft foods and foot massages and listening to me ramble like I love Annabelle is the best you all should be very jealous that I get to be as close (laughs) friends with her and um but even the first night like um my friends Pat Monroe were just like hey we're coming over to check on you and you know brought flowers other people have done the same thing things with care packages so now I'm going on a tangent but my one thing I will say is that if you're gonna have a surgery like this because I think I was really emotionally and mentally well prepared for it because I've been wanting it so long, but it is kind of a mindfuck to have your face look different. And while you know I will look better, the first week, like, I woke up and was like, what is on top of my eyes? And there was nothing there, just swollen shut. I I, I didn't really, haven't really had this experience, Annabelle can count, but I think, and maybe I will at some point, um, but I think there are a lot of people who have moments like, what have I done? You know, because you just paid all this money, you just went under anesthesia, you just had a giant surgery. So have a support system. But to answer your question, I'm super early. I think I'm too early in the procedure or in the recovery process to answer that as a whole. But I have, I feel happy. I feel proud of myself. Um, I feel excited. You also mentioned to me that you can already hear better yeah and breathe better it's crazy like so I technically had two procedure two surgeries done I had a rhinoplasty nose job and septoplasty because my 
septum, which my nose wasn't super crooked before, but I could tell you could see it in the straight on photos was kind of crooked from the break. So my septum, which I'd been living with a very crooked septum, which has been collecting like dirt and all these things that have been giving me so many nasty sinus infections. And I spent most of my life, if you've ever been on an airplane and gotten off and have one or both ears clogged, yeah. clogged like a lot of times I would have like one ear clogged. Anyways, I always have sinus problems and already like I can feel that things are straighter on the inside. It's amazing. Yeah, today in my post-op, today was my first post-op appointment with Dr. Dara, and she, like, sucked out snot. Okay, listen, I'm going to interrupt you. Because... Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Okay. I'm sure everyone wants to know about the hospital. I'm sure Uh everyone wants to know about the anesthesia. Will you just ask me questions? Because I have nose job brain and Percocet brain. Uh, We definitely want to hear about having your snot vacuumed out, but we'll save that for the end. The first question is, did you like the hospital? I loved the hospital. When they called the check-in on me, I was rambling and... Are we allowed to say which hospital it was? Yeah. What is it? Well, it, you say it. Manhattan It's e. the Manhattan... Um, well, I don't remember exactly, but Manhattan it's... Manhattan E. Ear, 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 no, uh, eye, it starts with I. Manhattan eye, ear, ear and nose, nose throat. throat. It's like the, the... It's like the upper part of your body hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were listening, you know that... Um, eye, ear, and throat. Obviously, I had a very successful surgery, um, but I had a really bad experience with a doctor before the surgery, and I'm an accident-prone person who, you know, has been through some trauma, so I've been to the hospital. I've, this was not my first hospital visit. It was this wasn't first, your first rodeo. This wasn't my first rodeo, <laughs> and I have had some negative hospital experiences for sure. But, oh my god, every, no, I want to send everyone flowers from the receptionist to the person that checked me in. Um, the nurses were incredible. Like, they were, they took the time to, like, get to know me and engage with me and talk to me. And I was being a little bit neurotic. Like, I was um, convinced that I was going to die under general anesthesia because I'm on antidepressants. And obviously, not to like, this isn't a dig on anyone, but I I am not the f- first person to go to get a nose job who is on antidepressants, you know, but I, anyways, I was very neurotic to the anesthesiologist, asked a million questions, um, and they were so patient. The nurses, you know, hung out with me and we talked about my love life and their love lives and... Everyone made me, I, I knew that Dr. Dara Leota would be amazing because I've been seeing her for like two years now for Botox and fillers, but it what was- What was the anesthesia like? It, it was- You had both general and local. Yeah. And t- wait, will you explain why you're glad I had local? Okay, this, I don't know whether or not this is true. I'm not to, a doctor- I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't know anything. So no one listen to me. But I'll share with you what I heard. Okay. And what I have heard is that our body remembers trauma. And if you get a surgery, if you get general anesthesia, yes, your consciousness is out. 
but your body's still going to register what's happening to it. So if you don't also do local, even though you're like mentally not there, your body still recognizes that something is happening. So you want to do local so that the body parts actually numbed and you want to do general so you're also out. So what I've heard, I don't remember if I heard this from a woo-woo circle or from a more scientific, Western scientific thing. So I have, I have no idea whether or not it's true. But it really resonated with me and made uh-huh. me feel like, all right, like, that's what I'm going to do from now on, like, both the local yeah, and the general. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So I don't even remember the local. They did it in phases. And anesthesia has advanced a lot in the past couple of years where, one, you're just hooked up to a monitor and they're monitoring you so closely, like, the slightest change in everything. I mean, obviously it was fine. Um, when I woke up from it, I was under pain. But to answer your question, they sort of do it in stages. Mm-hmm. Like first, it's intru- it's through an IV. They do, you know, tape your eyes shut and put an oxygen, put a breathing tube in your mouth. But I don't remember any of that. Um, and they sort of give you sedatives in stages. So, you know, me and Dr. Darrow were just talking and the anesthesiologist, this sweet older gentleman... You know, at first I felt like I just took, like, a massive, massive bar of Xanax or something, you know, and was just, like, really calm and really relaxed. And then, you know, I started feeling a little sleepy, and I don't remember anything um, until I woke up. But it wasn't, like, for some reason I was imagining, you know, like, the count, like a countdown, or they're asking me a question, and then it's just, like, boom, lights out. Um, it was more a gradual experience of falling asleep, I guess. Cool. But it was very calming, and I felt very glamorous in the operating room because there was, like, pictures of my face everywhere, you know, with my <laughs> nose. And I, I've never been in, like, an operating room. And, of course, like, oh my God, so basic bitch of me, but, like, totally leaning into it. I was like, it is just, like, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, Dr. Leonard was like, yeah, but I was like, I know, I know, but just like, let me me have this. Let me have this, yeah. (laughs) Um, Amazing. So you're you're doing very well. You're recovering beautifully. Is it frustrating to feel like you don't know what your nose looks like right now? Um, Because it's like swelling and it's just, it's not what it's going to be. Like, is it, is it, is it this, is there an impatience there or uh, are you just totally chill? I'm surprisingly chill. To be honest, I, you know, there is a fair amount of care involved in the first week. You have to irrigate your nose with saline solution um, in the morning and in the night. And like today I got some of my bandages off, but the first few days, excuse me, you have to, your nose is bleeding and there's some discharge, so you have to very carefully clean the bandages. Honestly, like, and you're, and you're out of it. You just had a massive surgery and I found, I'm, or I'm allowed to take one to two Percocets every four to six hours. Like, I never have needed two. I've needed a lot. The pain has been much much more tolerable than I expected, but I definitely am in enough pain 
sorry, our cat. Oh, our cat. We're <laughs> married. Sorry. <laughs> a cat some of the The pain is not as bad as I thought, but it is enough pain to like you you need you you need take take the perks up. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you have a favorite but celebrity nose? I never even answered. Oh. Oh, but the, just to answer your question, I feel like the first week you're so, or at least I, honestly, I like keep forgetting that I'm going to have a straighter, cuter nose because mm. I'm just like so in the moment of tr- taking care of it and, and, and you're I'm grounded you're and centered right now. I'm very grounded and grounded and centered and it looks a little funny right now. Like my tip is really swollen and looks a little bit more bulbous and like everyone keeps like reassuring me like this is week one it's gonna be really swollen so to answer a question I'm excited but I keep almost forgetting about that part so I'm That's just great. really worried about not worried I'm really concentrated on just taking care of myself at the moment. I think that's awesome yeah um, do you have a favorite celebrity nose um I thought I was going to know the answer to this, but I guess I don't. What were you going to say? I was going to say Cheryl and Riverdale. Yeah. Well, she's pretty perfect just all over. I'm not saying that that was the note that you got that nose. No, I no. love Cheryl. I, I love just... Cheryl so much. And her... Yeah. What did you think of the um, season three premiere? Well, Cheryl is so hot. Yeah, that's what I thought of it, too. And I, I don't know what else. As, I watched the whole thing, but I don't even know what else like is happening. I'm, getting gayer and gayer with age. Um, and Cheryl's relationship. Yeah, you're jealous. You want your own your own Tony. Well, Cheryl and Tony are just, like, couple goals. They're so yeah. hot there by the pool, like, the redhead and then, like, the pink hair. And they're just, ugh, I love them so much. Yeah. Um, so well, I... I like that, but I also like it gets like spooky and scary. I'm glad we're starting to like get into some paranormal stuff in the show. Me the the too. ending of the first episode of season three was definitely it reeled me in. I actually I wasn't crazy about that first episode. I still love the show, but for a first episode of the season, I was a little meh. Yeah. I loved seeing Cheryl. I loved like being like I just I loved seeing all the characters again, but the storyline didn't really hook me until like until really the last the five minutes, and yeah. I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm ready for season no, three. You're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also want to let everyone know, speaking of, uh, the Southside Serpents in Riverdale, we are going to have our very own Serpent Cast merch coming soon that we're going to be so excited uh-huh. to share with you all. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you want to follow Sophie and keep up with all of her nose job updates, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter at... The Bowie Cat. And you can keep up with me on Instagram at Annabelle Gat and on Twitter at Annabelle Gat underscore... And uh, be sure to read your broadly monthly, weekly, and daily horoscopes. I write the dailies and the monthlies, and my apprentice, Randon, writes the weeklies. They're very good. Yeah, Randon's amazing. 